as Jesus invites us into relationship with him, uh, he really does develop leadership qualities in all of us, not just a few of us. I mean, I know that we have different platforms of leadership. Like, I, you know, I know not everybody is going to lead worship and not everybody's going to, you know, give a message on a Sunday morning. But every one of us is a leader in some form or fashion, whether that's in the, the arena of home or whether that's in the arena of work or whether that's in the arena of, of school. We're, we're all leaders in one way or the, the other. I mean, we have a faith that is transferable to others so that when I share my faith in Jesus when, with somebody else, then I'm the leader and we're inviting them to be a follower. So I really, I, I don't try to identify, you know, who, who are the leaders. We're all leaders. It's just, it just is what, you know, what platform uh, are we leading? And so we can all learn from this conversation that Paul is having leader to leader. So we're in Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 13 to 22. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the leaders of the congregation. When they arrived, he said, You know that from day one of my arrival in Asia, I was with you totally, laying my life on the line, serving the master no matter what, putting up with no end of scheming by Jews who wanted to do me in. I didn't skimp or trim in any way. Every truth and encouragement that could have made a difference to you, you got. I taught you out in public, and I taught you in your homes, urging Jews and Greeks alike to a radical life change before God and an equally radical trust in our Master Jesus. But there is another urgency before me now. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. I'm completely in the dark about what will happen when I get there. So as I read that, these are the phrases that just jump out of that paragraph about Paul's leadership. These are the ones I want us to kind of explore just a little bit. I was with you totally. Laying my life on the line. Serving the master no matter what. Putting up with no end to scheming. I didn't skimp or trim. Every truth and encouragement that could make a difference. Urging Jews and Greeks alike toward radical life change and radical trust. I feel compelled to go. I'm completely in the dark. I believe every one of those is a leadership statement. And I've kind of brought them together under some categories that I want us to consider. Leaders, again, regardless of your platform, leaders are totally team players. They're totally engaged with every other leader. They are engaged with a total heart, total soul, total mind. Everything that you are when you begin to lead is involved in leading. And in this case, in this story, these leaders, they are totally committed to the kingdom mission. They're totally committed to announcing to their generation 
Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is alive. The kingdom of God has begun on planet Earth and there is a new day coming where everything that God created will be restored. That's our announcement. They're totally committed to that message. Totally engaged. Sadly, the very first pastor, very first church I went to, I was, I was in high school. Well, I can't say the one that I chose to go to. My family occasionally went to church when I was a kid. But when I, the, when, I, when I met Jesus, when I had that relationship with Jesus, I picked a church that my friends went to. And that, the pastor of that church, it was a large church, his philosophy of ministry was disengagement. He isolated himself. He, he and his wife had a policy. We cannot be friends with anybody in our church. And it's the, like it's the total opposite of what is being illustrated with us to us in this story. I mean, if you're a leader, you're totally engaged with other people. You're not in isolation. You know, I know in our culture, the leader, you know, he gets the corner office. You know, again, that, that's a way we kind of, we elevate and isolate. The, well, that's not the leaders that are here. These leaders say, well, you know, that's a great office with a great view, but I'm not totally engaged with everybody else that I want to. Just give me a desk in the middle of the room and surround me with everybody else because I want to be totally involved. That's leadership. So think about your arena. Where are you a leader? And are you totally engaged there as a team player? Leaders are willing to risk. In this story, people actually plotted to kill Paul. Like again and again and again. Now, now he learned through that. I mean, he kind of read the signs. So when opposition got kind of too strong, there, there were a couple of times he went over the, the wall at night. You know, we're getting out of here. There's another time he got, we're going to the seacoast on a boat. I'm out of here. See you later. I mean, he didn't just wait around to get beat up. So, and, and there was a time he was stoned and probably died. People, they plotted to kill him. And yet, he was always willing to risk his life. I mean, his life was on the line. He was willing to risk his, his life. His, his reputation, if you, if you study the life of Paul, and he goes from being like a recognized religious rabbi to a turncoat, a traitor. People want to kill him. I mean, his reputation was questionable. He's self-supporting. Uh, all, all throughout his... He, he, he's never fully supported. He always had to take care of his leather business at the same time. But in that, he was always unwilling to trim his message to appease the opposition. You know, maybe if I didn't kind of, maybe I'm overdoing it there, so I'll just kind of trim that back a little bit. Maybe people would be a little happier to even know. He, he had this message that he was to deliver and he was willing to risk his life, his reputation, his finances again and again and again 
because he was a leader. Again, I would contrast that with a culture where leaders maintain the status quo. Do not take risk. We can't lose that. That is, that, is, like, that is such a big contrast to these leaders in the Bible who are willing to risk everything. Think about where you're leading. What are you willing to risk where you're leading? You see, as people following Jesus, I mean, we could lose our life and still win. Right? Isn't that what we say we believe? And so if like, if like, if I'm not really afraid about losing my life, I mean, what else can you lose? I mean, Jesus put it this way, don't worry about losing your life. I mean, be, be concerned about where your soul ends up. But don't worry about your life. That frees us to take all sorts of risks. As long as we're being guided, we're going to talk about being guided by the Holy Spirit in a moment. And we don't want to be foolish. I mean, just doing silly things. But because we are people following Jesus as leaders, we can, we can take risks. And there's a freedom in that. Humble servants. And Paul describes himself as, I am a slave of Jesus. Jesus is my king, and I'm a servant, I'm a, I'm a royal servant in his kingdom. And there's a phrase, and I serve Jesus in all humility. And all humility means he was genuinely humble. He went about doing what he did without anything going to his head. Remember this this guy, remember this guy like he's written most of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit inspired him to write most of the letters in the New Testament. This guy, I mean, how many how many miles did he did Sylvia say he may have walked 20,000 miles in his life? Thousands of people came to faith in Jesus, hundreds of churches, were, but no, none of that ever went. He never considered himself the special person. He was always in humble service. So he served Jesus, and in serving Jesus, then he served others. You've got to get that. If we're going to be good leaders, you, you can't just serve people. That does not work. You know why? Because there is this thing within us that we we're all we all tend to be people pleasers, and people pleasing is not the same as serving Jesus. See, people pleasers don't take risks. We're back these collisions of these characteristics. So no, no, my my job, your job, it's not to serve people. It is to serve Jesus as He directs us to serve people. And as we do that, we realize he always gets us in situations that are they're beyond our ability to serve. And so then we actually realize, you know, I, I'm not cut out to be a leader. And he says, that's right, you're not, but I am. So let me empower you by my spirit and you'll do a great job as long as you rely upon me. And when really great things happen, he's great at saying, 
I mean, I know that you think that's really great that uh, you did that wonderful thing, but that really wasn't you. It's kind of like the guy that went home after a Sunday morning and said, Honey, how'd you like that sermon? And she said, Well, not as much as you did. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy. I mean, we're, it's, we're so, it's, we, you know, we, things go to our heads so quick. So let's just, let's just admit, we don't have much except ourselves. Here I am, Jesus. Now do what you want to do through us in service for you, your kingdom, and your people. That's what we can do. Humble servants. Generous. Generous for the sake of others. I wish that generosity was not always attached to finances, but it just seems that it is. What, what Paul is talking about is, look, under the threat of death, I mean, people threatened me. When I started talking about Jesus is the Messiah, when I started talking about the resurrection has happened prematurely, when I started talking about the kingdom of God arriving now and not later, that got me in big trouble with the religious authorities of my day. Now, I did not withhold that truth from you because it was best for you to know that. I was generous in providing the truth that you need to have so that you can live your life well in hope, in faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ. He never withheld encouragement from people. Now that kind of hits a chord. Sometimes, well, I'm going to give you encouragement if you earn it. No. I'm just going to give you encouragement. I'm going to be generous with truth and encouragement because I know it will make a big difference in your life. Think about where you're a leader. How do you express your generosity? An abundance of encouragement. Not holding back the truth. Paul also, you know, if you think about him, you know, I, I, I delivered the truth and I delivered the encouragement publicly, but I did it house to house. Basically what that's telling me is he was generous with his time. He knew when to retreat, he knew when to rest. But as much as he could give of himself, he was generous with his time, with where he went, and he, and he delivered the truth and encouragement everywhere he went. Generous. And I love this word. Leaders in God's kingdom, are they're radical. They are radical. And in Paul's case, I mean, don't, don't, he didn't have a different message for the Jew and for the Greek. Same message. So he's urging Jew and Greek alike toward what? I'm urging you toward what? One. Toward a radical life change. The way that you're living your life, whether it's as a Jew or whether it's as a Greek, it needs to be changed in light of who God is and what God has done. We do not live the same way after we come to faith in Jesus. He changes our life. The other, radical trust. 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that Lord, that's an important word, Lord. That's like, that's acknowledging his royalty. You're the king. And I want to radically trust you. People that radically trust, risk. Radical. How radical are we? And the way we live our lives, and the way that we trust Jesus, and then I, and I would, th- how, how radical are we with our finances? Do we trust? All, I mean, just take it down that path. How radical are we? A couple more. Leaders are also bound by the Holy Spirit. This is a really interesting concept. What, 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 I mean, I know that the Bible talks a lot about freedom, and we want to talk about freedom. We want people to be free. We want people to enjoy life and relationship with God. But Paul's all, he's saying it's as if the Holy Spirit is, is he's now binding my hands. And he's like leading me to a place of imprisonment. That's, that's the analogy that he's using. The Holy Spirit has bound me, and he's compelling me to Jerusalem. And he even says, which we'll look at more, and I know that some bad things are going to happen to me. And I'm going to leave. I mean, he's on the coast with all of these leaders. They're having a great time. They've loved each other. They've been together for two plus years. Paul's been there a couple of times. I'm going to leave this group, cozy group, people that like me. We're working together. We're turning Ephesus upside down. And the Holy Spirit has now bound me and he's taking me away. That's a leader. I'm willing. I'm willing to follow the Holy Spirit even through painful departures. And then this one really blows my mind. I'm willing to follow the Holy Spirit without knowing what's going to happen next. I, I, I am in the dark about what's going to happen, but I'm willing to be bound and led by the Holy Spirit into that darkness because I have a radical trust in Jesus and my life has been radically changed by God. That's leaders in God's kingdom. You know, so when I come to our community, I look at all of those qualities and all I can say is, I'm one, I'm really, really grateful for everybody in our community, whether they be a community leader, a ministry team leader, or a community group leader. I mean, we have all kinds of leaders, but people that are willing to lead. And sometimes when we're leading, we've got to have a model for leadership. And so I would just like to say, here is the model. This is the model we want to follow. It's the best model that there is. And so we want to receive, and we really want to value this model of leadership. And so in order to do that, I would like to invite all of you, please, to stand.
And I just want to I just want to ask God's blessing on us. Again, all of us are leaders. I kind of highlighted some of the local leaders we have, but I'm, again, I'm coming back to we're all leaders. At home, at work, at school, we're all leaders. So Lord, as we stand before you, as we've looked into this this, this little snapshot of leadership that Paul provides with the elders at Ephesus. I want to invite the blessing of these qualities into our lives. Lord, I want to confess to you that as we lead, we want to be totally team players. Lord, we don't want to lead in isolation. Lord, we don't want to lead out of some title. Lord, we want to lead because we're engaged, fully, totally engaged with others. Lord, I pray that you would give us this radical trust so that we would be willing to risk. Wherever we're leading, Lord, wherever we come up to counting the cost, that we'd be willing to risk whatever it is, Lord, to keep leading in the direction that you're leading us. Lord, I ask that you increase our knowledge of our inability so that we would be humble servants. Lord, I pray that we would be generous people, generous with the truth that we know, generous with the encouragement that we receive, to always generously give away words that build other people up. Pray that we'd be generous with our time. Instill that generosity, Lord, within us. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to become radical in the ways that you are describing that in this passage. That, Lord, we would live a life that is radical, radically different than the culture we live in, than the time that we live in. A radically different lifestyle based upon our relationship with you. And I pray in that we have this radical trust, that we'd be willing to trust you through thick and thin. Trust you, Lord. And finally, Lord, Holy Spirit, we, we want to be able to have this kind of relationship with you where we, we just sense that you are binding us and leading us off into a place that we don't even know where you're taking us. Holy Spirit, would you come Would you, would you create these qualities of leadership in us? And may you position us in relationship with you that we would willingly follow you wherever you direct us. Even when we don't know where that's going to be. So Lord, I ask for your blessing upon us as a community of people. Produce your style of leadership in us and through us. And Lord, let us be faithful to our generation to accomplish the mission that you've assigned to us, to announce our king and his kingdom to our generation by being this kind of leader. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray.